Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Forbidden Archaeology, Forgotten History, Divination, Magic, Cryptozoology, UFOs, Nature, Science, and Spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Tonight on Green Magic, Green Medicine... Susan continues her discussion on the 13 sacred trees. Tonight's tree is one that some people say is not a tree. It is reed. Of course, the Druids saw it as a sacred tree and would even make a musical instrument out of it. When we return with the 13 sacred trees and reed and green magic, green medicine, join us. Blessed are we in the awakening dawn, blessed are we in the morning, blessed are we in the light of the day, as we co-creator of the Main Street Universe Radio Network. And we have a couple of exciting guests returning to the network, as well as a new host. The new host will be Mr. Michael Starsheen. And for those of you that don't know Michael, he's actually been a guest of ours before. When we did an episode with quite a few members of, it was a pretty big panel, I think there was about six people on the show that night. (laughs) Uh, with the Fellowship of Isis, for anybody that remembers Lady Olivia, who passed away a little while back. And Michael Starsheen was one of the members, uh, I think a pretty high-up member of the Fellowship of Isis, and he's going to be doing a show. He's first going to start off as a third co-host to our flagship show, Main Street Universe, just get his feet wet, just getting used to doing radio, look at the studio page, all that. Then he's going to probably find a co-host and then go off and do his own show. 
so welcome Michael Starsheen to the Main Street Universe Radio Network. I'd also like to quickly announce the return of one of our interesting guests that we've had in the past, and that will be Mr. Unicorns himself, if you will, Mr. Oberon Zell Ravenheart will be returning. It'll be Sunday the 16th. He will be our guest. We'll be interviewing him on a Sunday. So a few announcements there. And I see Susan is in the queue, and I'm going to go ahead and turn on her microphone. Welcome, Susan. Green blessings. What exciting news about the Main Street universe. Marvelous people. Goody. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I uh, always enjoyed talking to Michael. And, of course, Oberon, um, I had his book, Grimoire for the Apprentice Wizard. And, of course, he was known from the Green Egg uh, magazine all those years. So great to have him on as a guest. Yes, absolutely. And and how exciting that he might be um, going on to uh, hosting his own show from from there. Yeah, well, Michael will be. Oberon will be a guest. Um, oh, Oberon will be, but, but Michael will be. Got it. And Michael, yeah, well, that's okay. Hey, maybe we, we'll talk Oberon into it as well. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> You've done it before, actually, on another, on another uh, network. So who knows? Maybe he's back in action. Uh, sorry to hear his wife passed, of course. But he's working on a project. He wants to buy up some land. It was part of his wife's vision. It's what he wants to talk about. Um, and it's sort of uh, kind of a pagan village event center thing. So I don't know all the details. I've done a little research on it. And it's some property somewhere that they're getting. Maybe something similar to what Selena did, Fox did with Circle Sanctuary, right? Like making an event space and property and all that kind of stuff. Oh, all right. Yes. Ah. Well, speaking of wondrous voices in the Pagan Network, I have mentioned before that Ellen Everett Hopman is a herbalist and a druid, and that her book, A Druid's Herbal of Sacred Tree Medicine, is one of my favorite books in terms of the topic that we have been pursuing for months now, which is the trees of the 13 moons. And Ellen gives a really thorough rundown. She talks about the tree alphabet, and she includes not only the 13 trees that I've included, um, but uh, also some trees that I haven't included, such as the apple tree and the silver fir and firs and heather and aspen and yew. And then she has a whole section that goes into the druidic arts and why these trees are important to druids. But even more interestingly to me, she has a deep background in story and mythology. And she brings that together in a most amazing way in this book when she talks about the spiritual aspects of these, what I'm calling the trees of the 13 moons, the Ogham trees. And I wanted to go back just a bit. Um, we talked about the 
Ivy last time we were together. Yeah. And our plant that we're going to be focusing on next, which is the 12th plant, is reed. But let's go back for a moment to vine. And as we recall, I talked. I spent some time talking about grapevine, but I also spent some time talking about raspberry because vine is kind of a, an easy translation, uh, but we don't really, really know because it's the muin uh, is really an, an unspecific word, and it doesn't mean grape, and it doesn't mean raspberry. And it may be related to the Gaelic muin, which means the back, or the Latin munis, which means gift, present, spectacle, function, tribute, and service. <clears throat> so we're looking at Vine, and she says that that muin is the strongest of effort. For this word, mac in uses the condition of slaughter. And Moroni says it is the path of voice through the neck. The Calder translation of Arcept Na Naikis says that Muin is the back of man or ox, for it is they that are the strongest in existence as regards effort. The theme of fruit Effort, slaughter, back of the neck, sacred drink, and feasting all come together in a basic Indo-European mystical understanding that what regenerates the world is sacrifice. Birth and death, creation and destruction are happening in a continuous cycle. And so sacrificial animals or beings bequeath body and substance to the world so the world may be may continue to be created anew in persian tradition 57 species of grain and 12 species of healing plants were created from the first ox that was offered as a sacrifice these healing substances and foods emerged because they came from the blood of the ox. Different plants sprang from different body parts. Sesame seed came from the marrow, the grapevine from the blood itself. Food and medicine were created from an act of sacrifice. The act of eating thus is understood to be a sacred function that is part of the continuum. Thus far back, we see that the wine is the blood of the sacrificial animal and that the one who drinks the wine is nourished and the sacrifice is thus reversed. All Indo-European cultures have a similar belief. The Indian Brahmana, which is the instruction to Brahmas to priests on the handling of sacrificial animals, instructs that the animal's eye go to the sun, the breath to the wind, the life force to the atmosphere, the ear to the directions, and the flesh 
to the earth. Work is a form of sacrifice. When we work with sustained effort, we give of our life force so that all lives may continue to exist. Muin, the vine, the climbing, the fruiting, is about sacrifice, which is sustained effort. And that's your sustained effort in making music. That's my sustained effort in restoring herbal medicine to its rightful place as people's medicine. It's the sustained effort of someone who is taking care of children. This fruiting vine really tells us about sticking to it and making the sacrifice of sustaining our effort. And this is what allows all of creation to be sustained and to continue. She gets into some interesting things, doesn't she? Oh, yes. And I've the more I hear about her, in fact, I think she she was a contributor to who we mentioned before, Oberon's book. I think she contributed to his herbal section of his book. If I'm, I'm sure she did. She's very, very active in the community, both as a, a druid and as an herbalist. And what a delight to be sharing time and space with Ellen Everett Hoffman. And so then... Um, Last time we were together, we talked about ivy gort, hedera helix. We know exactly what plant we're talking about. Gort actually means, strangely enough, tilled field or garden. How could it be that ivy, this wild plant, which when we were talking about it, we talked about how it takes over places and how there are groups dedicated to eradicating ivy because it is very, very invasive. Well, we have to remember, she says, that holly and ivy were used as winter fodder for cows. Now, I, I, I'm I would, at first would be skeptical of this because I know that ivy is poisonous, and yet I have to admit that I have seen my goats eat ivy and be none the worse for it. So perhaps it's one of those plants that's poisonous to people, but not poisonous to animals. And I always say this to people, the plant that an animal eats or the mushroom that an animal eats does not in any way indicate its safety or edibility for humans. There was a special sickle that was used called a chromantega bantropega, I probably pronounced that horribly, the hook of a woman. This Koran sickle was used specifically to cut holly or ivy and it was an essential tool for women so that they could feed their herds in winter. Thus, ivy was a useful plant for fodder and for medicine and was classed in the Brehon Law text with the losafedo, the bushes of the woods, along with bracken, bog myrtle, gorse, bramble, heather broom, and wild rose. The garden was part of the farm in ancient Ireland. And only the, the, the lower classes worked in the gardens. For a person of, person of higher rank to work in the garden was considered shameful and, in fact, one of the three failures of a lord. 
the area that was cultivated for the vegetables, the grain, and the fruit trees was the Erlesse, and it was supposed to extend the length of a spear cast on every side of the farmstead. Thus, the fields around the farm radiated outward from it like the petals of a flower. The ivy, or gort, the gort was the tilled field or the cultivated garden, but also the pasture. And four relatives plowed land in cooperation with each other. That's the four petals around the house. And crops were grown with a drainage trench between the beds. And thus, land ownership and status were connected. All right? So, the the ivy was what really made it possible to have the pastures and the gardens and the fields because it kept the people prosperous. And Ellen says that the twigs and leaves of English ivy simmered in oil make a salve that eases the pain of sunburn. It's also used externally against injured nerves, cut sinews, ulcers in the skin, glandular swellings, boils, and abscesses. Ivy was an herb used in the Spongia somnifera, and that is the soporific or the sleeping sponge of the Middle Ages. A fresh sea sponge was soaked in a mixture of opium, henbane, mulberry juice, lettuce seed, hemlock, mandrake, and ivy, and then sun-dried. When it was needed for pain relief, it was reconstituted with water, and the patient inhaled the vapor, or the liquid was dripped into his or her mouth. And it says, caution, and I agree, caution, do not try this at home. Some of these herbs are deadly, and if you try this, it could prove fatal. Henbane has been known to poison people who have touched the plant opium. <clears throat> well, as we all know, you would have to be ill and do something illegal to get some opium. It's not illegal at this point. The mulberry juice is probably... Pretty fine, but as I said before, ivy is considered quite the poisonous plant, so don't be trying this at home. Spiritual aspects, and I'm skipping over some of the other aspects of ivy, so you really need to get Ellen Everett Hopman's book to get all of the details here. There is an old and the name, the name of that book is, again? The name of that book is A Druid's Herbal of Sacred Tree Medicine. Now, she has several Druid's Herbals. Okay. So you got to get that she has the Druid Herbal for the Sacred Earth here and the Druid Herbal for other things. And it's the Druid's Herbal of Sacred Tree Medicine by Hopman, H-O-P-M-A-N. Okay, Spiritual Aspects. There is an old Welsh expression that the day the bees stop humming, the world will end. Ivy blooms in the fall, as I said, and is the last sweetness for the bees. For the druids, the bee is intelligence as well as sweetness. Druids did not isolate themselves to protect 
to perfect inner spiritual development. They served the whole like bees and went far and wide to gather knowledge on behalf of their communities. Druids supervised the lighting of sacred fires on the holy days, and the herbs were ritually smoked over the fire, which were then hung in houses and barns as protective amulets. The magically protective herbs included figwort, mugwort, yarrow, vervain, elder, fennel, chamomile, melilot, St. John's wort, plantain, hawthorn, lavender, male fern, and ivy. Ivy is the female energy. Holly is the male energy. Wedding wreaths always include the holly and the ivy. Early Christian churches tried to ban the use of ivy, and so what did we do? We simply planted it by the churches, didn't we? Ho, ho, ho. We'll have an ivy-covered church there. Thank you, Ellen Everett Hopman. Now, Reed, we're talking about Phragmites Reed here. This is the most common reed in North America. And for those of you who live in the eastern part of North America, it covers great swaths of territory. If you're at all familiar with northern New Jersey, and that big tall plant that grows all over northern New Jersey with a big plume at the top of it, that's the plant we're talking about. That is reed, the Phragmites reed. You might say, oh, come on now, this certainly is not a tree. And I'm going to say, oh, this is surely a tree. This is such an important and useful plant. And let's start right here in modern times about how the Phragmites reed is useful in modern times. And then we'll kind of work our way back to the people of the Ogham and perhaps through the Druids and so on. So I mentioned to you that you see Phragmites reed in northern New Jersey, especially in wet areas. This is definitely a plant of wetlands. If you're standing by it, your feet are wet. There's going to be standing water where Phragmites reed is growing. Like all reeds, it needs to be constantly wet. And the waters of northern New Jersey, you might guess, contain large amounts of some pretty nasty chemicals. There's a lot of, oh, jet fuel and petroleum products, as well as a lot of chemical manufacturing that goes on in this area. And they were quite amazed to discover that water that was contaminated with some of these things, when it went into the Phragmites Swamp, came out of the other side of the Phragmites Swamp without those contaminants. They did did some actual studies to try to figure out what was going on, and they found that the Phragmites Reed is actually able to break those hydrocarbons, and that's what they are, the petroleum products especially are hydrocarbons, right? Break them down into hydrogen and carbon. And so they're not chemicals anymore. They're not petroleum byproducts anymore. They're actually just hydrogen and carbon. And so they're not in the water and they're not in the air. 
it's not like the Phragmites read absorbs the chemicals and then itself becomes problematic. It actually does something that we would like to know how to do, which is unhooks the actual atoms from one another in the hydrocarbons. Isn't that amazing? We're finding more and more ways to use plants to help us out along the way. They've been finding that very simple plants like parsley can be put in irrigation water and help to remove heavy loads of heavy minerals from the irrigation water. Mm. Yeah. Plants, after all, have survived here for a very, very long time, and they have a lot of mechanisms and ways of dealing with things. We tend to think of ourselves as, you know, having created all of these new drugs, and there certainly we have, but we had to create them from a standard toolbox of materials. It's not as though we have esoteric or exotic materials that have uh, come from some faraway planet that's not even in our solar system, no. This is all part of planet Earth right here, carbon, hydrogen. Well, yes, those atoms were made at the very beginning, and they are star stuff, and yet they are also the very stuff of the Earth. We don't actually think that we're going to find any exotic things. We think that it's a basic toolbox that was used absolutely everywhere. So that reed that is very beautiful. It can grow 8, 10, even 12 feet tall and have a big white plume, a feathery plume on the top that can be up to a third of its length. So it's really quite gorgeous. And, of course, the um, flowers, as it flowers, the seeds are these white plumes or they're kind of the, where the seeds were. And the flowers are a kind of hazy purple followed by seeds that are a little bit purplish. So the, the whole plant is quite a beautiful plant. In addition, I hope that the next time that you go buy it, you will really honor it. Right now, if you're looking out for it, what you're going to see is last year's dead stalk. You're going to see tall brown stalks that still has these feathery white blooms up on top. And then you'll see growing in among them these tall green leaves. And this will grow and grow all summer. Now, these tall green leaves, are used to make a great variety of household goods. These tall green leaves, like cattail leaves and other reed leaves, bulrush leaves, for instance, are woven into mats so that we don't have to sit on the ground and those mats can then be suspended from pieces of wood to form the seat of a chair. Mats, of course, if they're made quite flexible, can actually be worn as clothing, can be used as a blanket to sleep under. And so the reed was very much honored as something that was important to the health and well-being of the entire family. Negtal, the reed, it is the physician's strength and the vitality of healing. And this is the 12th lunation. We're getting into the very, very last part of the year. Now, reeds, and especially the Phragmites reed, are also used throughout the world wherever they grow to make boats. 
Thor Heyerdahl's boat that he made from looking at inscriptions on Egyptian pyramids was made of reeds. Boats in um, Lake Titicaca in Mexico are made from reeds. And we are not talking about a little boat or a toy boat here. We are talking about boats big enough to carry people and animals. We are talking about boats that are ocean-going boats. Truly, the reed, the 12th tree, is a powerful powerful plant bundles of reeds held together cannot be broken a single reed can be easily broken but a bundle of reeds held together becomes strong and this is one of the things that we see often in egyptian symbology that the the ruler the leader is holding the tool for threshing and sometimes the hook or the crook for herding animals, and sometimes a bundle of reeds to signify the coming together of both Egypt's, Lower Egypt and Upper Egypt, in the same way that in the early United States, the bundle of arrows was shown. All right? United, we are strong. Divided, surely we fall. And remember that the first half of the Trees of the Thirteen Moons is about personal growth and transformation, and that the second half is about community growth and transformation. And so coming to the Twelfth Tree, we are given this powerful and strong symbol of what it is to be in community and how the weaknesses that we each have can become strengths when we all move in a concerted direction. I mean, watching a show about ancient Egypt, and I was absolutely amazed that they basically maintained a solid culture, a culture that was very much unchanging for thousands and thousands of years. And this was because there was attention paid to this binding together in the daily life of all of the people. Don't think that the reed is only good for removing pollutants from water, or that the reed is only beautiful to look at, or that the reed is only good for making boats. And any of those, of course, would not be onlys at all. The reed has so many more uses that we're going to come back next week and continue our discussion of the tree of the twelfth moon reed. Because I look over at the clock here and I see that we have come to the end yeah. of tonight's show. I was about to say something, but I was letting you flow. <laughs> <laughs> well, we flowed together there. Thank you so much for giving me this space to talk about things of interest, hopefully to all of us. And thank you all, listeners as well, for helping me reestablish herbal medicine as people's medicine, the medicine that's right outside your door. Green blessings and good night. Till next week. Oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait. You know what? 
Next week, mm-hmm. it's August. It's that green goddess week where I take a short break. That's so I won't be with you next week because I'm going okay. to take that break because of the green goddess week. So I'll be with you in two weeks to continue our adventure with Reed. That'll be good because okay, that actually works thank out. you. Green buzzings. Good night, everybody. Thank you, Susan. And all right, everyone, you're listening to Green Magic, Green Medicine. Normally, we're on every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Next week, it'll be a break, and we may have something in its place. However, we are here most of the time every Tuesday at 10, of course, with various breaks. So we will continue the conversation of the 13 sacred trees. And Reed is an interesting, a very interesting one, including one you can make a musical instrument out of. So join us again for Main Street Universe two weeks from now. And next week we have an interesting guest on at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, a musical guest. And his name is Mr. Mark Slaughter uh, from the band Slaughter in, in, in the early 90s and late 80s. He's still around. He put out a new album. And he's going to be talking to us for a little while next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. It's sort of an impromptu scheduled show, um, according to when the guest can make it. <clears throat> so I'm looking forward to that. As well as we have the return of Oberon's L. Ravenheart coming on Sunday, the August 16th. We're getting into August now. So keep listening. We have new hosts coming, Mark, uh, um, I'm sorry, Michael Starsheen and others. And as I said, normally our scheduled time, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, Green Magic, Green Medicine, Tuesdays, Herbal Medicine is People's Medicine. Have a good evening. Forbidden Archaeology, Forgotten History, Divination, Magic, Cryptozoology, UFOs, Nature, Science, and Spirit. All this and more, right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Magic.
Listening to Main Street Universe, the show and network reminding you that the mysteries and possibilities of the universe are closer to Main Street than you may have ever imagined. Looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.